0: Right, Isaiah chapter 7. Isaiah chapter 7. We're going to start there. There's two passages. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, and then uh, Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. We're going to look at the signs, uh, the signs of Christmas. The signs of Christmas. So if you find Isaiah uh, chapter 7, um, verse 14. I'll give you just a sec to get there. Isaiah 7, verse 14 says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now will go over to chapter 9. Look at uh, verses 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. Verse 7 says of the increase of his government and peace uh, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth forevermore the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Uh, Now we're looking at the signs of Christmas. Now this can mean Different things to different people when you talk about the signs of Christmas. To a retail store manager, the signs of Christmas are put up shortly after, what, Halloween or Thanksgiving or the 4th of July, you know, depending on what they can get away with. Uh, Others may look at the lights and the various decorations around their neighborhood and see those as the signs of Christmas. School teachers see the faces of the excited boys and girls as vacation draws near, and I'm not sure if the looks on the teachers' faces are more excited than the students' faces for this break in the school year. Who knows? Uh, Salvation Army bell ringers. Uh, sometimes that's you know the sign for Christmas for a lot of people. Christmas tree lots um, uh, showing up where you can get your tree. You know those, those. A lot of people see those kinds of things as you know the signs of Christmas. Um, But I want you to to look at, to consider, think about uh, the biblical signs of Christmas. And it has nothing to do with reindeer or sleigh bells or things like that. The greatest sign of Christmas was given over 700 years before the birth of christ and our text this morning we saw uh we we read the sign that god gave to announce the arrival of his only begotten son into the world Uh, this isn't you know jesus's birth was not the creation of jesus jesus god the son existed from eternity past this is him stepping into humanity it's becoming flesh for us so let's consider first of all the importance of a sign uh, signs are given to announce uh, important events. Uh, they are a means of spreading information about this particular event. Uh, on any given day, you'll find a multitude of signs announcing events from whether they're ball games or yard sales or even you know, detours, um, sometimes even wet paint. You know. Who can walk by a wet paint sign and not touch the paint? I can't. Um, I was like, really? Yeah. They're around us, these signs. So the people can be made aware of the specific event or announcement that needs to be made. You know, some signs will even help us with our, uh, with our direction. Imagine the mess that we would be in if we traveled if there weren't road signs to help us along the way, at least until we got to know the area. Uh, if uh, road information was not correct to begin with, even our little GPS's wouldn't be of much help to us. Um, Signs are important to us because if we follow them, they'll keep us from getting off track. They'll keep us from getting lost. They'll keep us from going around in circles. Uh, they provide the means of, of, of needed direction as we travel from one point to the next. Signs are also used to provide identification. Now, think of the many uh, groups and organizations that are identified by no more than a sign. Uh, you think of the Red Cross, something comes to mind. Uh, the Olympics, McDonald's, uh, Walmart. You know, we just got back from seeing our granddaughter, our six-year-old granddaughter, and, and, and she was drawing the events of the day for us. And, and we had taken her to Walmart that day, and, and, and all she <coughs> drew on her paper to signify that she went to Walmart was that funny little yellow asterisk by the sign, right? At uh, six years old, she's been branded already with, with, with that. She recognizes that sign. All of these and many others can be readily identified. Uh, Just a sign without explanation. You see the sign, you know exactly what it is and what's going to happen. See, our passage says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. The sign announced the greatest event in all of history. God would send his only begotten Son into the world to save his people from their sins. Matthew 1 uh, 21 says, And she shall bring forth a Son, and shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people not in their sins, but he'll save his people from their sins. See, God had no desire to keep this event secret. In Luke chapter two verse fourteen, it says the angels angels announced. All right now, heavenly beings peel back the reality of the physical world so we can see into another dimension, the spiritual dimension, and they sing glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That sign gave them direction, let them know that something had taken place. This sign gave direction to the men who would seek him. You see, there would be in any given night uh, a number of Hebrew children born. Um, Jesus being born on the night he was. He wasn't the only child born in in Israel. But but there had never been, nor would there be, another birth like Jesus' birth. This was a virgin birth, a girl who had never known a man sexually had been implanted, had implanted in her womb by the Holy Spirit, the, the, the sinless body, the embryo that would become the savior of the world. Now to some, this is unimportant, insignificant. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. They don't understand the implications, but without it, he could not have been born God in the flesh he could not have been you know in human form he couldn't have been human had this not happened and if he could not uh, if he was not human then he could not atone for our sins if he was not virgin born he could not be our savior our faith would be in vain calvary the cross would be meaningless if Jesus was not virgin born, if he was not virgin born and born sinless, then you and I could not be saved. The virgin birth of Christ is one of our most important keystone doctrines. And the directions were clear. Uh, Chapter 7 verse 14, the sign of the virgin child. In Micah chapter 5 and verse 2, uh, the child is going to be born in Bethlehem. Uh, in Luke chapter 2, verse 12, the sign of the child being wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger, God wanted no misunderstandings. He wanted no chance for misinterpretation of the sign pointing to the birth of his Savior. I know some of you have heard this before. Uh, ladies, you've heard it in the Ladies' Bible Study, but spend some time talking about why was Jesus born in a manger? In Luke 2 verse 7 says, And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for, for, for them in the inn. Now, have you ever stopped to consider why? Why would God allow his only son to be born in a lowly manger? I mean, could not an omniscient, uh, loving, all-powerful God have arranged a room at the inn for them? I mean, could he not have orchestrated those events? Or even better, could he not arrange for Jesus to be born in a, in a palace with, with, with you know, midwives and servants and, and clean water and towels? Couldn't, couldn't God have done that? I mean, man, can you imagine having to bring your wife into, into an animal stall to give birth in the dark without help? Did God drop the ball on this? Can you imagine wrapping your son in swaddling clothes to protect his skin from from the prickly hay and then and then setting him in this feeding trough as a as a makeshift cradle? Now, now rest assured that the author of all creation did not fall asleep at the wheel. Uh, and overlooked the hardship that, that this was to Mary and Joseph. You know, the choice was deliberate with a clear intentionality, a clear purpose for this. Now many know that, that Micah prophesied that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. It says that in chapter 5 and verse 2. But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is, uh, to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. Micah prophesied that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. Uh, That census that drove Mary and Joseph to to the town of Bethlehem. Heard uh, Chuck Swindoll on the radio, I think it was yesterday, mentioned you know caesar thought he was you know something big and chuck sundal referred to him as a as a piece of lint on the pages of prophecy you know he, he he wanted the census so he could get more taxes but no that was that was orchestrated that was ordained of god now Jesus being born in Bethlehem. This was understood by the Pharisees at the time of Jesus. It's referred to in, in several gospel accounts in Matthew chapter 2, verse 5. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus is written by the prophet in John chapter 7, verse 42, Hath not the scriptures said that Christ cometh of the seed of David out of the town of Bethlehem where David was? See, God, God arranged for, for Joseph and Mary to be in Bethlehem in response to this Roman census. But, but, but why? Why Bethlehem? It might be tempting to conclude that it was to honor David, uh, but, but really no. No, it was likely that the shepherds in the fields of Bethlehem were raising the lambs in the very fields that King David watched when he was a boy. That, that, that he looked over his father's sheep and he you know, composed many of the psalms that, that, that we read and we love to honor God. In fact, the shepherds may have been the same ones uh, on, on the same land that, that, that Boaz had redeemed for, for, for Naomi and Ruth and passed on to Jesse, which was, of course, David's father. But I think there was another reason that's included in why God chose, chose Bethlehem many don't realize that that Micah further prophesied that kingship would come to the daughter of Jerusalem at what was called Migdal-Edar. In Micah chapter 4 and verse 8, it says, And thou, O tower of the flock, the stronghold, which is Hebrew for Migdal-Edar, of the daughter of Zion, unto thee shall it come, even the first dominions. The kingdom shall come to the daughter of Jerusalem, Migdal-Edar, uh, right. migdal eda was the watchtower located in the northern part of bethlehem it was built to protect the flocks that were born to be sacrificed at the temple one commentary says during lambing season the sheep were bought there <clears throat> from the fields as a lower level function as the birthing room for sacrificial lambs Priestly shepherds would wrap the newborn lambs in swaddling clothes and place them in a manger until they calmed down to keep them without defect. Suitable to be sacrificial lambs for the sins of Israel. Bethlehem was special because the shepherds in the fields of Bethlehem raised the lambs for the temple sacrifices in Jerusalem. The shepherds who heard the angelic choir and came to see the baby Jesus were certainly familiar with the technique of birth uh, to to birth a sacrificial lamb and were likely puzzled by why a baby was birthed in the manner and, lo- and location of the sacrificial lamb. In fact, the angels did not have to tell the shepherds precisely where to go in Bethlehem to find Jesus because... There was only one manger where sacrificial lambs were birthed, the cave under the watchtower of Migdal Edar. Now, with hindsight, we can clearly see that the manner of Jesus' birth, it it foreshadows the purpose for Jesus coming into the world. John chapter 1, verse 29 uh, says, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold the Lamb of God right behold the lamb of god that taketh away the sins of the world in first peter chapter 1 verses 18 to 20 says for as much as ye know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition of your fathers but with the precious blood of christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Before Jesus had taken his first breath, God in eternity past had decided that his life was to be given as the sacrifice to pay the penalty for our sins and God testified of his intent by having Jesus be born in the same manner and the same location as the sacrificial lambs for the temple sacrifice just like Micah had prophesied. That was the sign. And he wanted to make sure, God wanted to make sure that nobody missed that sign. This sign from God provided all the identification that was necessary. His name was Emmanuel, which means God with us. He wasn't just another Hebrew child born that night into prov- poverty. This was, this was God in the flesh, God tenting himself in skin. He had to be one of us so he could represent us on the cross, but he had to be also 100% God because only God can survive the wrath of God against sin. He was 100% God, 100% human, or there could be no salvation for us. We need not miss that sign. John 1 14 says and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and oh how important was the sign that announced the birth of the savior provided direction to those who would seek him and identified him as the son of God. Now there's a there's a tragedy about missing a sign and we spent three years down in Metlakatla and when we first got down there I noticed that there were very few street signs and even fewer house numbers, okay? We didn't live at 1210 Milton, right? We lived in Cindy Walker's house. I had no idea who Cindy Walker was because she was out of the state, uh, but that's, that's where we lived. And everybody who had lived there for most of their lives, they, they got along with that just, just fine. You know, we, we took street signs and house numbers kind of for granted. Uh, until we were there, and it's 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 hard to miss a sign that's not there. You know, um, it's hard to find places when there are no signs. You haven't been there long enough to know, you know, who's lived in what house for how long, or what color their house is. You know, uh, in nature there are weather signs that. Uh, you know, it's important to see elders and old-timers would read the signs in the sky. They would tell if the weather was going to be fair or foul. Uh, um, today we have, you know, weather.gov, and it's supposed to tell us everything. If we don't read the signs or if we misread the weather, uh, that can get us in a lot of trouble up here. All right, It's important to, to read the signs. You know, most, most detour signs that I've run into have sent you know, me around some construction or accident of some kind, and, and, and a few of these detours have been long and windy. I mean, in Tennessee and Kentucky, when you get off the highway, boy, you're not sure if you're on the same planet. You get back there far enough, you start hearing banjos, you get a little worried. All right? A few of these detours have been rather sparse on signs, They would take you way off the highway, back in some dark country road, and if you happen to miss the detour sign that leads Mm. back to the highway, you could literally end up in a different state and have no way of knowing how to get back. There's a tragedy to miss a sign. Missing a bridge out sign, I think, would be one of the worst. How horrible would it be to be traveling with your family to get distracted, not see the sign that could save your life, and you plunge your family to certain death because you missed a sign? It's an unnecessary kind of tragedy. I remember hearing on the news several several years back about a couple of teens who, as a prank, decided to remove a stop sign from an intersection as a practical joke. Well, there was an accident and there was a death. And now there is jail time for those teens. See, missing a sign can be costly. Missing a sign can be a tragedy. What if the shepherds had disregarded the sign given to them by God? What if they had ignored the sign that was given to them or 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 what I mean think, what would they have missed? The message of his birth was, was to be, and it was spread abroad by these shepherds. What a tragedy it would have been for them to, to turn aside and refuse to follow the sign. Well, I'm not going with those angels. I mean, those angels freak me out. I'm not following them. I'm not, I'm not saying right here with my sheep. No, no, those signs, those angels singing, telling them what to look for would, would, would have led them and did lead them right to the Savior. But what if they would have not taken the sign? would have been no greater than the tragedy of people today who who disregard the sign of the bright and morning star who refuse to follow christ so I've got to ask you, are you, are you following his star? Do you, do you see the signs that point to Christmas? Are you reading them properly? Do you understand what they're saying, that this time is not about lights and presents. This time is about celebrating the incarnation of God, our Savior. The shepherds followed the angel's instructions and the wise men followed his star and led them right to the Savior. Now, now, now the lost and dying world around us, they see many, many signs of Christmas, but, but those signs lead them in the wrong direction. Either the signs that, that they carry uh, see, carry the wrong message or, or they're reading the signs the wrong way. Uh, but, but in this day, in this age of godlessness... We need to be lifting up the signs of the cross that lead people to the Christ of Christmas. This world must see that, that, that it's, it's, it isn't faith in the Christ in a stable, in a feeding trough that will save them, but it's faith in the crucified and risen Savior seated at the right hand of the Father that will save them. We need to make sure we point them to the right place, to the right Jesus. Now, what, what do you do? What do you do with the sign? Well, you read it. You, you see it. You, you heed what the sign tells you. Unless, of course, it is that wet paint sign, and then you've got to stick your finger there to see if it's true or not, Right? All the other signs, no, you read them and you do what it says if it applies to you. An intelligent person will consider a sign and act upon the information, gleaned from it. The wise reads the sign and acts. The fool reads the sign and ignores it. What does that say for us that touched the wet paint? The shepherds came to offer praise and worship to a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes in a feeding trough. The wise men came to offer gifts and worship the newborn king of kings. Granted, it was about two years later, so he wasn't necessarily newborn. He was uh, essentially a toddler when the wise men came. But they came, they followed the sign that God had given them. So let's, let's ask ourselves some questions how have you reacted to the signs of christmas that god has given us that jesus was born of a virgin just like the scriptures said he would be that he came to save us from our sins just like the scriptures said he would that he suffered and died for us on the cross just like the scriptures said he would that he rose from the dead the third day just as the scriptures said he would what have you done with those signs the choice is yours god wants us to choose wisely see there's many signs in scripture that point to christ <coughs> But this is probably one of the most, most significant, is Christmas. And Jesus Christ is an actual historic person. His existence is, is unquestionable. He did. He, he does exist. And in all likelihood, he was not born on December 25th, but sometime in the spring. But, but he was born of flesh. He was tenting himself with us. God became a man so that he could be our representative and and we must not lock Jesus away in a stable for another year when Christmas is done. We come to him to be saved. We repent of our sins. We turn from our sins. We come to Jesus and ask him to save us and he will because of who he is and what he's done. Christians need to realize that that the signs are given to keep us from going astray, from getting off track, from drifting. Don't get sidetracked by the world signs of christmas let's keep our focus upon christ where it ought to be all the time don't get tied up or trapped by the world's lies telling you that that your children's lives will be ruined if they don't get everything they want for christmas don't make a good christmas about getting stuff Christmas is not about your kids, nor is it about, and it literally hurts me to say this, neither is it about your grandkids. It's about remembering, celebrating the birth of our Savior. It is about worshiping the newborn King. So we must keep our focus on Christ. And and, and now our focus ought to be on Christ all the time but with so many distractions this time of year it's so easy to allow our focus and our our look to 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 shift our children need help keeping their focus on christ this time of year teach your children the signs of christmas The biblical signs. Teach them to see them. Teach them to read them early so that they will not go astray. The signs of Christmas that the world offers points anywhere but Christ. The signs of Christmas from the word of God point us directly to Christ. Please, let's keep reading the right signs and reacting and acting accordingly. Stand with me with your heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, we come this morning. uh, I want to thank you for your love for us. Thank you, Father, for the grace that you displayed to us in sending your son. This little baby wrapped in, in strips of cloth to protect him. So that he could be our unblemished sacrifice, our substitutionary sacrifice, that he would die in our place, carry our sin, have poured out on him your full hot hatred and wrath for sin, that we could be reconciled to you through the blood of his cross. Father, as the world seeks to distract us from all of this, may your Holy Spirit convict us, draw our attention back, not just to this little baby in a manger, but the God-man that allowed himself to be nailed to a cross, the one that became our sin to save us from our sin, Lord, help us to remember that Christ this Christmas season. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Turn to number 85. Our closing hymn. It's come, all ye faithful. And I encourage you indeed to be one of Christ's faithful and turn to him. Number 85, we'll sing one verse, just verse 1. and try close us in prayer this morning. Father, thank you for this message. Thank you for uh, the Old Testament prophecies, Lord, that over 330 prophecies of the Lord Jesus from the Old Testament have been fulfilled.